Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on more compelling talk radio, 1320 WILS. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, and here, wait a minute, that's not my co-host, Rick Pruce. It's Janice Milligan-Peters sitting in for Rick from Doggy Daycare and Spa. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Lee. Oh, thank you so much for coming in and filling in. My pleasure. For Rick Pruce. Boy, getting him into here sometimes can be very difficult, but with you as a fill-in, I feel complete anyway. So, well, thanks. All's good. Well, you've done it enough, and it's always been a great show. Uh, today, though, Janice, we're going to talk in an area that if you don't know about it, I don't know who would, because we're going to talk a lot about about what you do at Doggy Daycare and Spa, specifically talking about the grooming aspect of things. And we've yep. got your spa manager, yep, Trisha, Trisha, is yep. going to be in with us, who's been with us before. And my understanding is that we've got one of the people who brings their dog in to yes. Doggy Daycare and Spa to talk a little bit about the experience, not from the dog's perspective, but from the human's perspective, right. which does I matter. Can t- I can tell you all day long about how wonderful Doggy Daycare and Spa is, but we'll hear it from the from the actual mouth, I guess, that it matters. So Well, and I've got to imagine there's been a lot of people who've gotten dogs in the last year or so. I've yep. got to think that there's people looking for solutions, especially if they have to go back to work. How have things been? Well, I would say we've been busy. You know, the I would call it the puppy boom of 2020 mm-hmm. um, has definitely uh, made an impact on this industry as a whole, not just us locally, but I think even nationwide, um, busier than ever. Wow. So, and what have you been having to do besides hiring a whole lot of people? That, that's been a big thing, you know, it. and we've been pretty fortunate because I know a lot of companies have been struggling with finding help and and. While we don't have the number of applications that we might normally have, we have been fortunate in the fact that we have been able to keep a full staff. Well, that's great news, and I'm sure we're going to hear all about it. So why don't we get started with this week's show? We'll talk with Trish right after the break on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Hey, get some ideas for a show? Questions? Maybe suggestions? Just email us, mmpets at 1320wils.com or message us on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash mmpets. Whoever said the dogs won't chase parked cars never met Rick Proust and Lee Cohen. They're back on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. 1320 WILS. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Janice, we have with us in the studio a returning guest who I know you know all about because she happens to be the spa manager for Doggy Daycare and Spa. It's Trisha Wickens who's rejoined us. Welcome back to the show, Trisha. Hi, Lee. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. I didn't realize how long it had been. Uh, you were with us when you first began. Became the spa manager for both shows for both spa 
was. And, wow, that was a couple of years ago. So uh, it's been a while. But thank you so much for being with us. Tell us, how is business in the spas at Doggy Day Care and Spa? We, is the Lansing area keeping you busy? It's been very busy, especially this year. Uh, a lot of people got dogs in 2020 when they're staying at home. So, yeah, all these new puppies that we're seeing are Certainly keeping the books full for both locations. Uh, well, I would imagine so. Now, one of the things that I would imagine has been an issue for you is making sure you got the staff that you need in order to do that. Because this year, the big complaint I hear from everybody is, God, we could be doing more business if we just had enough people. How has that been for you? Uh, I feel like we've been very fortunate this year. We've, uh, gosh, it's... We've doubled our, yeah, double, our spa team yeah, this so, year. Um, yeah, and we've got a great staff right now. I'm very happy with the people that we have working for us. It's an awesome, awesome bunch of groomers that are pretty reliable. So wow. I'm very happy with them. Fantastic. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about dog grooming because the truth is a lot of people don't always know what they want to do when they bring their dog in. And I've got to imagine that there's a language that you learn to speak that the public comes in and says, I want my dog cut. And when you say, well, what would you like done or how would you like it done? And I've got to imagine you just kind of see a blank look on people's <laughs> faces and you have to figure that out. How does that work? Yeah. So a lot of it starts from a basis of just general breed knowledge. Um, where our staff comes from, they do go to a school that sort of teaches like breed basics. So are most people getting a show cut for their dogs? No, but a lot of that just kind of knowing what body structure looks like. And like you said, it's basically a translation between what someone is saying and what the ultimate end goal is for their dog's haircut. Um, so we do a lot of things. We will talk to the owners. Like, is this what you're looking for? We'll ask a lot of questions based on what they're telling us. Um, and one thing that's always going to be helpful for your groomer is a picture. Um, if there's things that you see online and you're like, oh, this is really cute, I like that, it's always helpful. And then your groomer should be able to talk to you about how we can go about attaining that, you know, whether it's realistic or not, based on your dog's coat type. But a visual is always good because everybody's looking at the same thing. Right. So. Yeah, that makes total sense. Now, what is the frequency that people should be getting their dogs groomed because I know with my wife, she's at the point now where I, it seems like it's every two months, maybe every three months at the most, but it just seems like the frequency of getting the dog groomed has gone up mm -hmm. quite a bit. And I get that when the dog sleeps in your bed, it's kind of important that the smell is good and the dog is clean. But at the same time, what should people be doing uh, to properly maintain their dogs? Sure. Um, there can be some variance, of course. So if you prefer your dog in a shorter haircut, sometimes you can make the groom run a little bit longer. Um, typically, though, our recommendation is about every four weeks. And so where that comes from is actually based on the science of the skin and coat for the dog. Um, so a dog's hair is going to regenerate about every 28 days. So that's, you know, whether they have undercoat or, you know, a single coat, they're creating new hairs approximately every 28 days. So that four week grooming cycle um, is going to be, you know, prime. Now, again, if you can't do that, that's quite all right. Six weeks is fine. Eight weeks is acceptable. All of those things. It's going to vary based on your pet. 
the coat type that you have and what works between you and your groomer. Um, but yeah, we just find that a four week schedule is really good for like if you're looking prime health for my dog's skin and coat, as well as smelling good and um, coat maintenance. So like shedding, tangles, anything like that, that's going to be sort of your ideal, but it can certainly vary. Right. Now, one of the things that I know I've been dealing with, I mentioned to you uh, just before we started this morning that last weekend, uh, my wife asked me to take my dog to the dog park and we belong to a private dog park by where we live in in Brighton. And as soon as my dog gets there, he goes into the tall grass. And next thing I know, I'm feeling burrs buried into <laughs> his fur coat. And, and I got to tell you, it's been really difficult to brush them out and to get them out. But it's important to do so. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, as far as <clears throat> at-home maintenance, you know, there's... It's interesting because I feel like there's a lot of products on the market right now, and you see a lot of those things like, use this brush and you'll never have a mat again, or you know, complete burr removal. I think a lot of it is just getting a really good, simple, basic tool. So you know, in the case of you, I might say, get yourself a nice slicker brush, a nice comb, and one of my biggest recommendations is always going to be a good conditioning spray. Um, having an, a good, a well-conditioned coat is always going to be very healthy for your dog and easier on you when you're doing any sort of work at home. Um, and then it's just being thorough. So, you know, making sure that you're actually getting all the way down to the skin, brushing from the skin level on out and, you know, don't tug on your dog. <laughs> so, you know, uh, positive reinforcement, giving treats if you can work as a team. Um, so like, you know, your wife can be the good guy while she can give the treats and then you're, you're brushing out the birds. Well, that's usually, that's usually how it works. Now, how important is it to get all of them out of there? Because I swear, I think we're done. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I'm petting the dog and lo and behold, I've just discovered a new treasure trove of burrs in his fur mm -hmm. that I guess we missed the day before. How what what does that do to a dog if you don't take that action and keep them clear? Yeah, well uh, prompt removal is going to be the easiest removal, first of all, because with those burrs especially, they're going to get tangled in the coat. So the more time they're in there, the more tangling they're going to cause. A bird itself could cause skin abrasions if it's getting up to the skin. I mean, if we've as a child, I ran through burrs. I know that didn't feel good for me. Uh -uh. Um, so, you know, that's just that general thing as well. Um, that cause it, like when it causes the matting, that's going to create a big issue as well. When you have matting in a coat, and you can get matting in a double coated dog, a doodle, any sort of dog really that has, you know, even half an inch of hair could get t tangles or matting. Right. Um, you know, that's going to cause a big issue with moisture retention. So, let's say you've got those burrs in that throat area of your shepherd, and, you know, there's some, matting that goes on in there and then the next time you go to the park he goes into the pond that matted hair is not going to dry out as fast and it's going to cause moisture to sit against the skin and then you're going to create a hot spot so now not only do you have burrs but you've got essentially skin infection um, by the coat's inability to breathe and sort of air out on its own yeah you're you're so right about that and usually uh, they'll go right into the pond right in the same day while they're at the park. And so that creates a double nightmare because not only is there the concern, but also the smell of that that wet hair dry yeah. <laughs> is not always the greatest. Well, and one of the things, too, with 
you were talking about the long grass is there's always the threat when you have your dog, you know, outside, obviously, that they're going to get friends on them mm-hmm. or bring friends home, yeah, you know, um, you know, ticks, <laughs> fleas, other parasites like that. And that's one of the things I think that grooming helps um, at least prevent um, and helps find them because they might be hiding places where we don't normally look on a dog. Mm-hmm. Correct, Trish? Absolutely. I mean, where are some of the weirdest places that we've found um, a tick. Um, I found a tick in the mouth and I've, a lot of creases and crevices. So like armpits, especially if you have a longer hair dog. Yeah, I have short hair dogs, but I'll be quite honest. I do not look at every single inch of my dog's skin um, every, every day. Some, yeah, yeah, every day, let alone every few weeks. And that's what's nice you know, for us in our spa. Um, we only use like a handheld blow dryer. So it is a high velocity dryer. And what it does is it sort of separates the coat. And we do, as a part of our grooming, it's an inch by inch skin check. So we do look at every inch of your dog's skin uh-huh. um, so that we can find those. And it's it's interesting, too, because, I mean, with ticks, you, you can be on a preventative and still get a tick. And, you know, it's helpful for us to communicate that and say, hey, we found this, it's dead or it's not, and maybe talk to your vet about a different preventative. So uh-huh. it's it's a really good secondary defense in your pet's health. Well, there's no doubt about it. And it's it's funny because with all the things that you guys do at Doggy Daycare and Spa to help maintain the health of the dogs that you work with, I just uh, I've I've heard people talk before. Uh, there, there's an old joke that I would rather trade in my husband than my hairdresser, and I just imagine the same thing is true when it comes to your dog groomer. Because when you've got somebody who's really good, who inspects the dog on a regular basis, cuts the dog on a regular basis. There's got to be a comfort for the customer to know these people know my animal. They're constantly communicating. They know what we've been through. How important is that to your customers? Oh, absolutely. I Essentially, you're giving us I mean, you're giving us your pet who can't speak for itself. So there's a lot of inherent trust. And building that relationship not only works for the client and the groomer or, you know, the human and the groomer, but also for the dog and the groomer. Uh, We do try to keep our dogs with the same people as regularly as we can, Um, you know, schedules, you know, as schedules allow. Because when the dog works with a groomer, they know, okay, you know, she's got her routine. I know her routine. The dog becomes more comfortable and it does become a good relationship. You know, we love dogs at Doggy Daycare and Spa. So it's nice for us in the spa when the dogs like us as well. And that's that's one of our biggest foundations for grooming. And we set a lot of things up so that dogs do have a positive experience. We don't like a dog to be terrified going to the groomer and it doesn't have to be that way. So One of the things, though, I think that we strive to do as well is is if a dog does need to see a different groomer, we do have um, certain things that we do a certain way. Mm-hmm. So at least it's going to be familiar with them. Right. You know, we're always going to use the same products. We're always going to use the same techniques. Right. Um, it's the same space. I mean, even going from the Okemos to the Lansing location, um, the rooms are set up the same. Right. You know, so it's not, it's not you know, different than that that sense you know grooming is a very physically taxing career and tell me why well trisha you tell us why yeah it's a lot of time spent on your feet um and a lot of lifting you know manual lifting moving around with dogs you know if you have a dog that perhaps 
is not fond of sitting on, standing at a table and wants to move around quite a bit, and you're using shears, which happen to be sharp, so you're you're really balancing you know several dishes at once. There, you're trying not to cut the dog. You want to make it look cute. You want to make sure everybody stays safe. A lot of times, your body is sort of your last concern. So you know you're moving, you're twisting, you're bending. Um, you know we. You try to supply yourself with as much equipment to make yourself, you know, as physically capable of doing everything safely. But it can be quite taxing for both, you know, hands, wrists, back, feet. The whole body certainly goes into grooming. So, well, it takes a lot of core muscle even just to bathe the dog. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. you're kind of in a tub, and I mean, those groomers are pretty tough. I'm yeah. telling you, what. <laughs> I can lift quite a few dogs, and I think it right. surprises people. You know, sometimes, so. right? You know, because we'll see everything from you know a Great Dane to a Chihuahua, mm-hmm. right? You know, and the Great Dane isn't always the the harder one yeah, so either. One's not inherently easier than the other. <laughs> <laughs> right. Interesting. Yeah, and I would imagine again, as you said, the different hair types also uh, become an issue because there are some dogs that I would imagine would be so easy to do because they just, their hair doesn't seem to be a major issue. Whereas with my dog or with border collies or some other long haired dogs, boy, it's, it's, it's just, I imagine it to be a real effort because just brushing them can be a real effort to keep it looking good. I'll tell you what, when we were closed down um, last year during COVID, we had a client, I had a client that I was talking to and she, you know, we weren't able to start grooming until June. We were, we were unable to um, groom dogs because of the um, state mandated shutdown on that. It wasn't considered an essential service. Um, And so we had dogs going I don't know, they were 12, yeah. you know, three, four, five months without without having been groomed. And I had a client that contacted me and they had gone out and bought their own, some of their own grooming equipment, shears and stuff. And she said, what I've learned during the, this whole thing is that... Um, you don't charge enough. <laughs> she said, you know, we've got, we've got, the, we've bought the equipment. She's like, we've got, you know, multiple hours invested in this, you know, mm-hmm. already trying to give their dog a haircut and she goes and she does not look good <laughs> you know i mean it's a very skilled trade mm-hmm, you right. know and it's you know people think oh boy it only takes you an hour and a half why do you charge so much well you're not paying just for that hour and a half you're paying for the knowledge you're paying for the equipment you're paying for the products you're paying for the continued education mm-hmm. you know all those things that go along with it i mean it is a career mm-hmm. right you know? Well, and if someone were thinking about doing that, Trish, what advice would you give them uh, if they were going to look to do what you do for a job? Yeah, so there's a few venues you can go. My recommendation is always, it's always going to be best to learn in a hands-on venue. We are very fortunate to have a, an actual grooming school in the area. Um, you know, a lot of it has gone online, but being a physical career, as we've talked about, it's tough to learn something online and then apply it to the real world. Um, so a good school, it's not a regulated industry um, like by the government. So, you know, like you said, with your hairdresser, your hairdresser has to go to a licensed school. It has to go to, you know, through a state board. So the schools can be licensed, but there is no state board or testing that says you are a qualified dog groomer. Um, so, yeah, I'd say going to a hands on school and then even from there, finding a place where you can work that's going to both you know, support you as a beginner and help grow your education. I've been grooming, I think about seven years now, and there's still things I learn. 
Um, it's just it's a continually booming industry, as you know. There's new products, new ways we look at dogs. It's not just clip them down, throw some dish soap on them, and call it a day anymore. <laughs> you know, so it's you have to be very open and flexible to saying I'm going to learn and grow so that we can continue to provide the best service to these dogs. Well, Trisha, we want to thank you so much for coming in and sharing that information. Yeah, Because I do think it's very important. We've been speaking this morning with Trish Wickens, who is the spa manager for Doggy Day Care and Spa. And uh, if people want to see her, she's going to be at both of those locations. Mm -hmm. So they can. So thank you very much. Thank you. And Janice, after the break, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about daycare and the doggy daycare and spa facility specifically right here on 1320 WILS. Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Here are your hosts, Rick Bruce and Lee Cohen. We're back here with the Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Janice, we have with us in the studio a first-time guest. His name is Teddy J, and he happens to be the owner of Zelda. And Teddy and Zelda happen to be customers at Doggy Daycare and Spa. Welcome to the show, Teddy. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Teddy, the reason we wanted to have you is that Janice has been on with me before, and believe me when I say she's very proud of Doggy Daycare and Spa, always has great things to say about what goes on there, but where can you find out the best information? Well, the horse's mouth isn't available, <laughs> but we do have the dog's mouth and even better, the dog's owner. There you go. So uh, welcome to the show. Can you explain to us how you got started taking Zelda to Doggy Daycare and Spa, and how has it worked out for you? Sure, no problem. We, uh, My husband and I adopted a little eight-week-old lab mix that we named Zelda. Um, and it became abundantly clear after about three or four months that she was a very high-energy <laughs> dog that needed a lot of stimulation. So um, we were looking for a place to take her you know, once or twice a week just to get the, those nutsy cuckoos out. Um, and I had actually forgotten that Janice and I know we have some mutual friends, uh -huh. and we played kickball together a long time ago. Um, and, it, and it came to me that um, we had actually that she had run a doggy daycare um, business. So I called her up and Zelda had a had a trial run just to make sure she was sociable and did okay with the other dogs and the rest is history. So we started her, I think when she was about five or six months old. Yep, she had to, she would have had to have been at least five months old. Yep, and, uh, and she became really uh, well acquainted with all the dogs very quickly and it's her favorite thing to do every week. Okay, and does Zelda know when it's gonna be daycare day uh, or is she just pleasantly surprised when you pull up there? Oh no, she knows. Uh, she knows the minute I start putting shoes on, um, especially probably in the last year and a half with with COVID and us being home, uh, if we leave the house, it's generally to do something. So. 
um, if I put my shoes on, she is staring me down until <laughs> until I say uh, the the magic words, which which are, "Do you want to go see your friends?" Okay. Um, and when I say that, she is at the door, ready for the adventure, and she does not sit still until we get there. Um, she is watching out the window. She cannot wait to get. Uh, to, to doggy daycare. In fact, she usually charges out of the car <laughs> and barrels barrels over the staff on her way in because she's so excited. And, and what kind of experience have you had at home with her after daycare? Does she just come home and sleep for a couple of days? Or? She, yep. She usually sleeps that night um, and then most of the next day, uh, which is good because it gives us a little bit of a break. Like I said, she is um, full of energy. She needs a lot of stimulation. We take her for usually two walks a day um, on most days just because she she really needs that. So this gives us a little bit of a break. Um, it's actually really, we found that it's improved when we're at the park, her her socializing with other animals that are at the park, um, especially smaller dogs, because um, she's not huge, but she's a bigger dog. So her ability to just sort of be a little bit more normal in, in public spaces has been greatly improved just by doggy daycare. But yeah, she'll, she calms down and, and we just find that she's a little bit more even keel and relaxed those, those days after doggy daycare because she's had that stimulation. Interesting. Now, when she gets there, are there certain dogs that she particularly is drawn to and and goes and checks out, or is it just something where she'll get there, see lots of different friends, and just go friend to friend? It's probably more the latter, I and mean, Janice might be able to right. Attest like, to see, because Teddy's not out there with her, so he doesn't really know. Right. So it's just it's our it's our my, you know daycare team. My guess but. is she's uh, gravit- gravitates towards the other high energy dogs, the ones that like to go all day and play. <laughs> One of the so. things that's really cool is that the dogs do build relationships with each other. And so like Zelda comes every Monday. And so when she comes on Mondays, there might be a few dogs that she doesn't know, but the majority of the dogs are the dogs that she sees there every Monday. And so she's able to develop relationships with them on those days. And so it's not like a whole new group of dogs. That's one of the reasons why we're able to do what we do so successfully, because we're not reintroducing, you know, 40 dogs all, you know, that have never met, you know, at the same time. And Teddy, when the dog is at home, how has her behavior changed in terms of is she still wanting to spend as much time with you or is the feeling that, okay, I've gotten my social out of me and now I can just let them be do what they do and take what I get? Probably a little both. I mean, I think, you know, right after daycare, usually she's again she's a little bit more calm and but but she's still you know we actually take her twice a week now Mondays and Thursdays oh, um and and we see <laughs> on Wednesday we're like oh good thing tomorrow's daycare <laughs> um, cuz she's cuz she's back and she's you know looking for attention um and again it's been it's been hard with covid because we're home all all day so her now she's adapted to us being there all the time which i think is a big difference from pre covid um, which is, again, one of the reasons why we're so thankful to have doggy daycare, because it gives her something to do. Because when we're working all day, we can't can't always entertain her um, like she needs to be. So this has given us a lot of relief and a good place for her to, to get her energy and, and her socialization. Right. And what what does she like to do with you guys? Is it still the same as it was prior to this or have her wants changed? 
over time because, for example, I can imagine that food is always a driving force for most animals, but so is play. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine now that the play is used up, maybe there's a little more (laughs) emphasis on the food. Is that what you're experiencing? She's definitely, she's food motivated for sure. Um, (laughs) She is, if we need her to do something, we've got a lot of tricks in our, in our bag, but um, she's still very play motivated too. I mean, even on the days that she's not in daycare, um, she is so excited to leave the house and go outside. She is very much an outdoor dog. She loves being outside. Um, we we take again. We take her for a lot of walks to the parks. Um, and one of the reasons why I love doggy daycare and spa is because they have an out, a very large outdoor area. Um, so she's not indoors all day. On you know the weather permitting days when it's nice out, um, she's outside, which is where she wants to be. I mean, we always um, joke that if we if we felt comfortable, we'd let her sleep outside all night because she'd actually prefer that. She loves being outside. So this this gives her that um, that that opportunity to be outside um, just playing all day. But yeah, she, we use we use walks and play um, for a lot of motivation for her because she is that's just the way she's wired. Gotcha. One of the things, too, I know, Teddy, that um, you guys take advantage of is the boarding. Yes. And I know that. You know, for me, when we started, when we decided to start offering boarding, because originally it was just daycare and grooming that we did back in 2000. And when we built the first um, custom facility in 2002, we decided to do boarding, but we knew it had to be different because I've dropped off a friend's dog for boarding and left crying. And it wasn't even my dog because, you know, they were obviously didn't want to be there. Petrified. They, they didn't want to be there. So, um now, as far as the boarding goes, like when you guys drop Zelda off, how do you feel? Oh, we feel so comfortable because she, we know that she, um, it's just, it's so natural for her to be there. She knows all the staff. She knows the facility. So, um, you know, she probably would prefer to be home sleeping with us. But right. the fact that that's, you know, where she's going to be and then she just wakes up and is back in the fold and playing with the dogs the next day um, is really awesome because the boarding dogs are just, you know. Are, are with the daycare dogs for the day as well. So mm-hmm. we know we have that peace of mind when we go out of town and, and need to do something where we can't bring her or just don't want to bring her, um, that she's in safe hands and that she's getting um, a lot of stimulation, a lot of exercise, and that she's happy um, And because she's in a familiar place. And that's just, that makes us so, so much more relieved when we when we leave. Yeah, I think that's that was one of the things that was so important to to me when we decided to do that. I mean, I just left my own dogs, you know, for two weeks, so, and they were fine. Well, and and that's an important part of the whole thing is the trust factor in what you're gonna get. Now, Teddy, if you were talking with a friend who has a dog and maybe has never taken advantage of a doggy daycare, what would you say to them? I mean, how do you communicate what's happened to you to them? Well, I would, you know, I would highly recommend um, doggy daycare even if you have you know sort of a normal energy level dog you know zelda zelda is high energy but i think that the socialization um that dogs get from being around each other is really important especially um when they're young um starting them when they're young because it's just like it's just like a child right we we learn behavior we it's reinforced by you know positive interactions with with others 
And I think dogs learn that at a very early age, how to interact with each other, how to interact with other humans. Um, and if you want a dog that is well socialized and can, you know, be in parks with other dogs and you don't have to worry about their behavior, something like doggy daycare really gives them a really good opportunity to learn how to socialize with dogs at a really young age. So it's been uh, it's been nothing but great for us. And I would encourage, you know, a friend if they were if they were considering it to definitely give it a try and see see how it impacts their life. Interesting. Now, do you have a fenced-in yard for Zelda to play Yes, in? we do. Yep. And does she like just being in the yard by herself, or has she gotten to the point where she's spoiled because, okay, I've got this great space, but where are Nobody all my do. friends? Yes. Well, we've, we've, we've been considering a second dog because of that. Um, we haven't pulled the trigger yet on that, but we, we, we're thinking about it. Um, she, she loves being outside. She will go outside and just trot around by herself for hours, and she will come in and, and let us know if she wants one of us out there with her. Um, she'll bark at us, kind of nudge us. Um, so we, you know, the kids, that's one of their chores is to go out and hang out with Zelda and play with her, you know, for 15 minutes at a time just to get her, just to get her playing with us and, and, and those needs met. But um, she, she will get up at two o'clock in the morning and want to go sleep on the porch, on our back porch. Yeah. Um, for the rest of the night. Wow. Um, I mean, that's how much she loves the outdoors. So, um, But she does like it when we're out there. We always say that she likes it best when we're all out there. Wow. One of the things, too, Teddy, is that I've had people say that, you know, getting doggy daycare's actually cheaper than a second dog, but, you know. It probably is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Teddy, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with us your experience because, like I say, we've talked about uh, some of this before, but it's so interesting to meet people who experienced it, wasn't sure what they were going to get when they started, but it sounds like you're getting exactly what you want. And uh, we want to thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. And I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, our pleasure. And Janice, after the break, we're going to continue the conversation and talk all about uh, some people who, if they're not considering it, maybe they should, right? here on 1320 WILS. Like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com forward slash mmpets. Upload your pet's picture or check out the silly pet photos that we put up there to get you through your day. You ain't nothing but a dog Finally, two hosts your pets can relate to. It's Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. He'd let us in, knows where we've been. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Janice, what an interesting day we've had mm -hmm. in talking with these folks about what goes on at Doggy Daycare and Spa. I guess I would ask you the question uh, to begin in this last segment of when you decided to get involved with this company and uh, start it and build it, 
is this what you had in mind? Was this the 20-year vision that you had? Right. Or have things turned out to be a little bit different than you expected? Well, you know, I didn't actually start the business. Holly Hunting Martin started it back in 2000. October right. 18th, 2000 was the first day that she opened the doors. and It was just her and one other dog and her own dog. But... um I mean, we've come a long way since that that first day with that one dog. Um, I took over the ownership of the business in 2005. I got involved in it um, in 2002 and um, took over ownership in 2005. Did I see, I, I think I had aspired for it to be where it's at. You know, I think when I originally was like, I'm going to get in the dog business, I thought, I'll just hang out with some dogs. I'll have time to write the great American novel. You know, <laughs> no, there's no time for that. You know, um, everybody thinks, I think that um, everyone's perception is that what we do is play with dogs all day. While we certainly do interact with them, the dogs really play with one another more than we do. We're, um, we don't let them have toys because a toy can be considered valuable yeah, and, they and, fight. It, and they'll start fights. Yeah. And so we, everything we do is about being proactive and all of our um, rules that we do, everything that we do um, as far as a team, the way we clean things, our procedures for things, the way we do our enrollment, all of it has to do with either safety of the dogs or safety of the team members or for sanitation. You know, to keep um, to mitigate any spread of of disease or or anything like that. So there's reasons behind everything we do. Um, I've never worked so hard in my life, but I've never been happier in my life. You know, it was working for myself is one of the best decisions I ever made. Mm -hmm. Um, But it certainly isn't for the faint of heart. No, it sure isn't. And there's a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. I know in 2020, you had a lot of tough tough decisions that you had to make, including shutting down your business. Yep. We shut down both facilities. Um, when, When the governor shut down, you know, all non-essential businesses, we actually had an opportunity. Well, we were able to stay open if we wanted to, but I decided to shut down because, first of all, nobody was traveling, so the boarding wasn't wasn't going to be necessary. Um, secondly, you know, I just felt like daycare truly isn't necessary, especially if everyone's at home, right. you know, and we didn't know what really was going on with COVID then. You know, it was still new. Right. We didn't know how easily it was going to be transmitted. I needed to put together a plan to keep my team safe. And, you know, we couldn't do grooming, so we decided just to shut down. And I think that that was, it gave us some time to regroup, decided to put together a plan um, of how we were going to handle things moving forward. Um, I did just recently um, start having everyone that comes in the facility wear masks again. Um, Everyone's been pretty... um, understanding about it. I've had a little bit of kickback, but you know, I mean, it's, it's just to keep my staff safe. You know, not everyone's vaccinated. They see hundreds of people every week and you know, if they're not healthy, they can't be there to take care of your dog. So, I mean, that's, that's what that boils down to. Well, but it sounds like you and your customers have a, a very good relationship with one another. Again, I know, and you and I've talked about over the years that you have very high standards for yes. how your business is run because you basically treat other people's dogs the way you would have wanted your dogs to be treated. Absolutely. And same thing with your staff. You want to treat them the way you would want to be treated if you were the staff member. Absolutely. I'm, I'm pretty proud of the longevity I've had with a lot of my staff members, um, with a lot of my team members. Um, you know, I promote from within. 
I give raises regularly. There's benefits that I provide them. Um, so I don't have a lot of turnover. You know, it's a great job for college kids or or any young person or older person that is interested in um, working with animals. Right. You know, we are always accepting applications. We're not always hiring, but we are always accepting applications. Um even when COVID, when we reopened, I was pretty fortunate in the fact that we I only had two employees that didn't return. Everyone else returned. And, um, you know, without any problem, I haven't had anybody um, um, knock on some wood, get COVID. Right. You know, I mean, I've been extremely, I better knock yeah, on wood knock pretty again. loud with that. <laughs> my gosh. Um, well, hopefully I didn't just jinx myself. No, I'm sure you didn't. Now, Janice, one of the key things that we talked about today uh, in the early part of the show was the grooming. Yeah. And it did lead me to a question. Do people have to be enrolled in your program in order to get grooming, or is that something that's available to anybody? That's a really good question, Lee. No, um, we'll groom any dog as long as they're current on their vaccinations. They don't have to meet our requirements because if they come in just for grooming, they're not going to be out in the daycare environment. Um, We do groom a lot of our daycare dogs, and they can get groomed while they're at daycare, but we also take just appointments. So if a dog... um, doesn't get along with other dogs or um, doesn't meet our requirements for one reason or another, they can still get groomed, but they do have to be current on all of their vaccinations. Okay. And the other question I had is with regard to the boarding, mm-hmm. does the dog have to be enrolled in the daycare they do. in order to participate in that? All of our boarding, just like we talked about with Teddy, so Zelda comes for boarding, you know, when she when they're when they're away. And all of our boarding has to include daycare. So we don't have like a traditional boarding setup where a dog has a run that they have access outside with. They have to move along with the pack. So um, during the day, they're in daycare, and at night they have their own private place where they sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes it, um, makes it, I think, more comfortable for them. Now, if we have a dog that's been with us for several days, sometimes they might spend a day where they sleep all day, you know, we, but we kind of give them that choice, you know, if they, if they're like, oh, I don't really want to get up right now, my bed's really comfy, you know, I would say it's not a boot camp. Right. You know, if they want to sleep in after breakfast, you know, they, they can, you know, we'll just check on them and see if they want to get up. Yeah. You know, I've had plenty of dogs that, that did that. We're like, are you ready to get up yet? And they'll let us know. Right. You know, we get, so we really, really know these animals. Well, I've got to say, whether this was what you intended or you just fell into it, no matter how it works, I've got to say I'm proud of the business that you have created and run because it just seems like there's a lot of happy people out there who are coming to you and they're doing it for a reason. And with the huge increase this past year of people getting animals, it's just even more important. So on behalf of your customers and on behalf of We the Animal Lovers, thank you, Janice Miller. Oh, you're very, very welcome. For the business that you've put together. Uh, We've been speaking this morning with Janice Milligan, uh, who is the owner of Doggy Day Care and Spa. And Janice, I'm sorry to say, we've run out the clock, so there's no more time Time to talk Time flies while we're having fun, right? Absolutely. But we will talk again next weekend here on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. In the meantime, all of you, please, please... Take good care of your pets, and remember, you need to get those animals exercise, and you need to keep them groomed, and now you know what to do. So that's the conversation. 
And have a great week, everybody. Yeah, this is a story of famous dog. For the dog that chases its tail, we'll be busy. These are happy dogs. Rhythmic dogs.